No, I like Volcano. I think it's yeah. It's, Volcano's cool. That's that's a that's an awesome movie. I'm melting, and I can the, still have the strength to throw you and talk even when my lungs are gone because the, science. Oh my God! Shut up. Radio Drome. Welcome to a disaster of a Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me is taking out the West Coast, Cecil T. Kaboom! And then blowing up Canada, even though I'm not sure how that works. Do you people even have a military, Peter? We may have lost the plane, but we are still alive. Didn't Canada just bomb ISIS? I don't know. We might have. I've I've seen articles about seriously Canada. How bad are you? You got to piss off Canada. <laughs> Finally, we've it's the it's the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> you have camels? I I thought you people would just like drop maple syrup on them and hope they turn into like some blob monster or some. Oh, uh, we we have camels. They live in igloos. I don't know. <laughs> One thing you can do is go to adamandeve.com. Helps fight ISIS. There we go. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, and you will get 10 free gifts, 6 free DVDs, a gift for him, a gift for her, a free mystery gift, and shipping to everywhere in America so Peter can't get this. But use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. We're going to talk disaster movies tonight. What to you constitutes a disaster movie? Because I went and researched this, It seems every website on the net has a different criteria for what makes a disaster movie. So before we get too far into this, what is your definition of a disaster movie? Well, I think it has to to do with something that people can't control, like either a natural disaster or something like deep impact, like, you know, a a meteorite is on its way to hit Earth and it's going to cause mass devastation. I'd still call that a natural disaster, technically. Yeah, that would be like a disaster film or even, um, well, I mean, I mentioned, uh, I, I made reference to Alive. I, I would consider that, uh, you know, a plane crashing and people having to survive. I would consider that a disaster film. Um, obviously, stuff like Twister. I would consider uh, Towering Inferno to be a disaster film. Anything where there's a lot of destruction and people are trying to survive and it's uh, people fighting the elements. Uh, either fire or you know high impact winds or a meteorites about to hit the earth i would i would constitute that that would be a disaster film i would say pretty much the same thing uh you know i'll go with natural disasters uh you know volcanoes like dante's peak uh but then i also transition to uh something like poseidon adventure and then even you mean the boats upside down <laughs> and, and then and then even something like uh the swarm where it's you know, I because love of, the, the sw- they kill kids. You did not do that in set. You could you couldn't do that you today, could couldn't you? Do that? No, you they could not. They murder an entire grade school with bees in that movie. They yeah, that it's like oh these kids are <laughs> just getting stung to death. On a similar note with with kids, uh, assault on precinct thirteen. Little girl gets shot in, uh, right outside of an ice cream truck. Like, She's eating yeah. the ice cream, and she does like the. Uh, 
are like, yeah, you could not do that today. But yeah, those kind of things, quanti- you know, are are all under the disaster umbrella. I agree with you guys. That's generally how I used to categorize a disaster film. But then I started to think about it a little bit. I mean, I guess a zombie outbreak, that is a disaster film. I mean, it's not the traditional disaster film. One that really got me thinking was also the virus film. Contagion is almost always listed as a disaster film. It technically is. It, it, it is a disaster film. It's just not the buildings falling over kind of disaster film. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it, it's a wider open genre than than the rather myopic view we all kind of had had there? Do you think there is a place for even alien invasion films technically being disaster movies? Or do you think it should be buildings are falling over because there's a giant earthquake and we need nukes to melt the tectonic plates back together? Uh, I, I don't think that um, alien invasion movies are disaster films. I think that they're alien invasion movies. You know, something like Twister or, uh, you know, Deep Impact is a disaster film. But uh, an alien invasion movie, it's an alien invasion movie. You know, it's just it's it's a different thing. I agree with that. Um, Contagion, I think if it's not zombies, I wouldn't really consider. But something like a like a virus spreading and, you know, people are dying left and right and they're sealing towns off and putting every, everybody into quarantine. I would I would consider that sort of a, a disaster film. Um, it's a so, scary. So, so the, the crazies would be a disaster film then? Uh, maybe. Maybe not so much the crazies, but more um, the one with the, the, the monkey virus. Oh, uh, outbreak? Oh, outbreak. Yeah. I would consider Poor that Kevin be, Spacey. Yeah, I would consider that um, a disaster film. But really, I, it's, I guess it's a bit too much of a... Like, there are a few exceptions, but it's it's a bit too much of a broad generalization to consider. Like, Because, yeah, alien invasion is its own thing. Zombie apocalypse is its own thing. I would see a disaster film as, as more like, as Cecil was saying, something like, like Twister, uh, Deep Impact, at Dante's Peak, or Volcano. Just something where... Cities are just being wrecked by these forces of of nature or even man-made things that go wrong. Like I would consider even something like China Syndrome to be a, a disaster film. Like it's it's just something where people have to fight against this element that's destroying everything and to try to contain it or to get away from it. Uh, I would see that as more of a disaster film rather than like the dead coming back to life because that while it is a disastrous situation, it, it's kind of its own genre at the same time. When I say post-apocalypse, I'm not talking about nukes and whatnot. What about something like No Blade of Grass or something along those lines where it's there's no resources and humanity has to kind of turn its back on what makes us human? Because, like, for instance, in 1970s No Blade of Grass, just food stops growing. And everyone is fighting over the last scraps of food in the world, and we, we revert to our baser instincts. Is that not kind of a disaster film? Kind of, yeah. Um, there's actually a, a recent film, too, called Tooth and Nail, where uh, we ran out of oil. And same thing, like, you know, product didn't get shipped, we couldn't travel, and, you know, the world kind of turned on each, you know, themselves. And uh, actually somehow reverted to cannibalism, but that's a whole other thing. Primal territorial cannibalism's just a side effect. It happens. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> it's course. like, uh, you know, I, I, I can't get my uh, my food at the grocery store. I'm going to eat my neighbor. <laughs> I, I think that that fits into, uh, you know, the whole disaster film because it, it, 
it is a disaster. Well, what about then giant monsters? Almost every list and website I've checked lists the Godzilla franchise, The Mist, Pacific Rim, stuff like that as disaster films. I'm going to go with like what Peter was saying. Like with zombies, that's kind of a, a genre onto its own. While it is technically still disaster movies, I'm not 100% sure I would categorize that the same way that I would, you know, 10.5 after the shock or whatever. I mean, Godzilla, while a lot of buildings get destroyed and whatnot, it is. It's its own thing. It's it's the monster movie franchise. It's uh, it's kind of the same, but on a big level, kind of not at all. Absolutely not. Giant monster movies are giant monster movies. Mm-hmm. What about End Times Revelation movies? Are those disaster movies? Are like, you know, the Omega Code 2, Megiddo, all of the movies that are sort of prophetic in God is coming back and the rapture and left behind. Don't those technically qualify as disaster film disaster films? I uh, kind of, I don't know really. I mean, cause God, there there's enough of them. The Catholic church is cranking out the left behind movies. And there's uh what's the, uh, what is it? Destination road or something with, with Brian Bosworth where it's, it's basically left behind, but with bikers and uh i didn't know about that one you no sure you're not that... talking about stone cold revelation road revelation um, road yeah i'm this is the first time hearing about this there's one. there's three of them uh of course the beginning is. of the end the sea of glass and fire and then the black rider and mm. uh yeah they're basically it, it's basically left behind like all the people are surviving after uh, the rapture and a lot of them are like biker gangs and stuff. And and uh, it's it's cheeseball, uh, you know, Catholic church propaganda that's like directive <laughs> video. And Well, the, the one I, that you guys need to see if you haven't is Megiddo, the Omega Code 2. Oh, that's the one you keep talking about. That yes. looks so awesome. Brian Trenchard Smith directs a movie about Michael York and Michael Bean being brothers Michael Bean being an agent of God, Michael York being an agent of the devil, bringing about World War III to bring about the ancient prophecies. You've got Arlie Ermey as the United States president, Michael Bean and Michael York playing off each other so beautifully. You've got Franco Nero as a school teacher. It's, I mean, Brian Trenchard Smith directing a religious end times movie. I shouldn't have to sell this anymore, you know? Holy sh. I think I know what the next cinemasochist is going to be. <laughs> um, yeah. that's, uh, that's a possibility. I even saw the, the trailer for that when you showed me. I'm like, oh, my God, why am I not watching this now? Exactly. <laughs> We've got disaster movies. We tend to put them into the natural disaster category, which has, of course, many subcategories. What is your favorite type of natural disaster? The avalanche, the climate, earthquake, fire, flood... Hurricanes and tornadoes, tidal waves, volcanoes. What is your favorite type of traditional disaster movie? Volcanoes. Um, because volcanoes scare the shit out of me and have always, like when I was a kid, Did I would literally have nightmares. you have a big volcano issue in Canada? I'm, we don't. That's the thing. It's just, it's something that freaked me out. Like I, the concept of this mountain that spews boiling hot magma out of it and, you know, burns people alive and stuff. That's terrifying so i i love movies like uh like dante's peak and and volcano and even um even movies that just have to do with fire like fire freaks me out and i just consider it to be a perfect disaster film element like i love uh the towering inferno as well 
Those, those are my favorites. I think um, because I just consider burning alive to be one of the scariest things ever. So, you know, I love movies like uh, like Dante's Peak and and uh, Volcano. My big thing, and unfortunately, there aren't too many really good ones, are floods. Mm. Floods are just you're fucked. Like, because <laughs> it's like, I mean, it it just destroys everything. It gets to a point where you know, if there's a tsunami or something, where like when they were showing that footage of that tsunami in Japan, where there were people like climbing on top of buildings. And the water just kept rising and trucks and everything and boats. It's just destroying everything. And it's just like there's really fire you can put out. I mean, it, it sucks. And, you know, and it's it's not easy to put out and it, it hurts. But, yeah. um, you know, you, you there is a, a way to stop it. If there's a tsunami and floods, there's nothing you can do. Like you basically yeah. just have to like like Sto- hope... stock up on bounty towels. Yeah. You, <laughs> oh yeah, really. The quicker picker upper, you know, they'll they'll clear that out. You basically have to hope that you can get somewhere high enough that you can survive long enough. So you know, the, the water so level to go back down. Would Waterworld then qualify as sort of a post disaster movie? Uh, post kind of. Yeah. I guess yeah. Post like super flood, you know. Uh, what about uh, yeah. what about Deep Impact? Because Deep Impact, like when the when it hits, there's that giant tidal wave. So that kind of it's sort of two, you know, two uh, two birds with one stone. Yeah, that was that major tsunami with uh, Tay Leone and her and her dad were on the beach. The big tsunami was coming in. Like, that, that is w- it's terrifying. That's a terrifying scene. Mine mine would actually have to be kind of the I, I don't know if you'd call it the man made where we're trying to do something and we end up accidentally unleashing something like. Like, I don't like Volcano, but, like, it, it was our own stupidity that r- failed to notice this and bring it up. Or you've you've got the ones mm-hmm. where we're, we're drilling into some place in the Earth we're not supposed to be, and, oh, no, we accidentally drilled into some hot pocket, and then we're sending Bruce Greenwood into the center of the Earth. That that kind of stuff I really like. My One of my favorites, though, is a really, really unknown TV movie called Inferno. Do you guys remember this one from UPN in 1998 where it wasn't a normal disaster movie. It was more of an almost getting ready for the apocalypse disaster movie. Some comet is flying by Earth and we're going to pass through its tail for seven days and it's going to superheat the Earth. So the government has to basically try to find a way to get everybody underground for an entire week, and yet all the crops on the planet are going to die, most of the animals and whatnot, and they know this will only be a week of this. And I'm like, that's a cool premise. UPN did not have concept, the budget yeah. for this. Not surprising. It was UPN in 98, you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of neat. What, what about the kind of disaster movies that are, are more man-made? They're not like a post-apocalyptic or anything, but Soylent Green. That's mm. an overpopulation. We make too many people that we have to start literally eating them. I would call Soylent Green a, a disaster movie. I really would. Yeah, I'd say that one counts. That counts as a disaster film. It's um, it's like an because it is. It's a sort of man-made, and it is like a natural disaster. It's a human-made disaster of just flat out overpopulation and having to deal with it with whatever way you can and you know the ending of that film is 
it's one of the most frightening things ever. And it, it, it is like, it's maybe not, you know, eating each other might not be the possibility, but overpopulation. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that can very much very easily be a reality. So I would, I would consider that to be for sure a disaster film. Kind of. I think that, um, the, the disaster portion of that would be the overpopulation and then the, uh, how they, they kind of do the population control. So, uh, yeah, I would, they I, have bulldozers just mowing people just down scoop, in the crowd. Scooping yeah. people up and throwing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would say that that is, uh, I mean, it's a, um, kind of a post-apocalyptic sci-fi future slash disaster film. It's, it's a, it's, it's an oddity, but, uh, I would, I would definitely kind of put it in the, into that, uh, section. Ironically enough, one of the biggest subgenres, leaving out monsters and whatnot, as we've talked about, is airplanes. There are over 60 airplane disaster movies. Does that seem a little bit of overkill? That Are we trying to say something about air travel here? Or is that just the lazy go-to for, ah, you know, it's an enclosed set, we got a couple of stock shots of a plane? I mean, unless you're going to do something original. Like, have either of you ever seen The Horror at 37,000 Feet with Shatner? Yeah, yeah, the Twilight Zone episode. No, no, this is a TV movie. Some archaeologists dig up an ancient artifact that contains the soul of the devil, and he gets loose on a plane, and William Shatner and Chuck Connors are battling the devil on an airplane with torches. (laughs) I, wow. That's great. I, I have not. I think I, I probably thought the same thing. I thought that it was the the, the you know there's something on the wing of the plane, you know. <laughs> and it looks like a giant teddy bear. I I got. I have to see this. Oh, that's a 1973 awesome. TV movie called The Horror at Thirty Seven Thousand Feet with Chuck Connors and Shatner. With airplane movies, it it can be a sort of cheap way of okay, we're gonna put people into this little cheap closed you know inside of an airplane set. Um, but at the same time, like if it's if it's covering an airplane crash and it's centering around people crashing and being isolated in the snow or wherever, like a movie like Alive, I think that can be very effective because plane crashes are scary as shit. Like if I had to choose Liam Neeson a, fighting wolves. Yeah, there you go. That's another great one. Um, the Gray, I, I would consider The Gray to be a disaster film. It's it's a plane crash movie. It's people getting stuck out in the in the mountains and you know, completely being isolated from from any kind of civilization. And w- when they do it like that, when they do it creatively, when the plane is an is an element, that's it crashes and then they're stranded and that's where the where the disaster happens. When there sometimes it can be kind of interesting when it's on the plane, but it's it's a genre that can do uh, a number of of different things. And when it's something like that, when it's uh, when it turns into a survival disaster film, it can be really cool. And for me, it's like uh, volcanoes and stuff would be the scariest, but the second scariest for me would be would be the the airplane thing because I do have um I have a bit of a fear of flying, so when I think about plane crashes and things like that, like yeah, that tends to scare the shit out of me. And I think it's a very very effective uh, disaster film uh, subgenre. Yeah, the 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 plane crash thing is definitely because a lot of times it will be the element of it crashing and then they're surviving or there's some sort of disaster on the plane. Like there was a nice little play on snakes, like motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Uh, We can't swear. It's monkey fighting snakes (laughs) on this this, Monday to Friday Friday plane. plane. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best 
intentional censors. <laughs> no, no, no. The, 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 the best one. Kaye, Mr. Falcon? No. Yes. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 on NBC. Oh, yeah? Screw you, mother father. Ah. Oh, <laughs> Scarface was, thank me, no thank you. Um, Actually, uh, we could do a whole show on that, so let's let's avoid that right oh, now. So. Oh, that'd be great. That might uh, be a future episode. Definitely, yeah. The freaking the TV edits. There, there was a, a nice play on words movie that came out f- a few years ago. It was Flight of the Living Dead. I, so I saw Bob the DVD Bob cover and went, "Oh, screw you!" <laughs> oh, come on, it had Dale Midkiff in it. Jesus, he hasn't been good since Tech War. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, what was was Tech War? Tech was War was ninety. Three? Tech War was after Time Tracks? Yes. Okay, then. Maybe. Because <laughs> I can't think of anything that he's done after that. He did The Magnificent Seven with Michael Bean and Ron Perlman, but nobody remembers that show. Oh, no. <laughs> you remember remember that one-season Western remake of The Magnificent Seven? I don't, but, I, but the cast alone makes me want to see it, and I don't even like Westerns. I'm kind of am- I'm amazed and not amazed that there's that many airline disaster movies because hell, there's three turbulence movies, and that was the uh, the directed video. Um... The third one has ghosts. <laughs> now the th- now the third one was the was uh, or, heavy metal. The second one, the ghost one. The second one's the ghost one. Okay. The third one is the one where there's the metal band. Oh, it's the they're... internet streaming one, right? Yes. Okay. That one's fantastic. I keep, I keep where, for some reason I keep confusing two and three because I think the ghost is more ridiculous. So usually as these these things go on, they get worse, you know? Yeah, they kind of redeem themselves a little. I mean, the third one, it's not a good quote unquote movie. It's called movie. Turbulence Three: Heavy Metal. Right. <laughs> but but they they were oh, and then Craig Sheffer is is like the, is the freaking cool hacker guy. And he, he's the the uh, the typical like TV hacker where he's like he, he he's in this. He hammers big his room. keyboard maniacally and then like we're I, they're blocking me with their firewall. Quick, get out this get get out the, the server blocker. Oh, quit making up words. <laughs> yeah, they're behind fifteen <laughs> proxies. And and yeah, and he and I mean it was it was borderline like that episode of uh, I think it was NCIS where, they're where they had the same, they're typing on the same where keyboard had two people typing on the same keyboard. Yes. They're like we need to type faster. Enhance, enhance, enhance. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of computers though, there was a very small subgenre only had about six movies. Remember the Y2K TV movie craze? Oh mm. God, yeah. Those were I would call those disaster films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say so. They were, they were, they were, you know, tapping in on the paranoia of Y2K of a bunch of people who didn't understand what the hell it was. Thought airplanes <laughs> were just going to start flying. Airplanes are going to drop out of the sky, uh, you know, at, at friggin' midnight, dumbasses. <laughs> but what if you're in a different time zone? And that, never mind, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, but um, well, there was one. Uh, it was the uh, there was even taking off on the Y2K thing. I think it was Y2Z. So it was like Y2K happened, and then it would somehow cause a zombie outbreak. <laughs> I saw the trailer for that. Yes, that <laughs> might like, not be the right man. title, but I did see the trailer for that. I, 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 it was I'm, something about like certain kinds of food got spoiled or something when, fr- when refrigerators went off and there was already like a flu disease that morphed into it or some shit like that. I don't remember oh, exactly, man. but some it was shit. utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it was, but it was just like, it was like, you want to talk about like riding that wave of paranoia on two fronts. All right, we got the Y2K scare. We're going to combo it with the zombie plague. Well, <laughs> uh, 
what what about like maximum overdrive? I mean, yeah, you've got the trucks and whatnot, but that's happening all over the entire planet. I think Maximum Overdrive, as bad of a film as it is, shut up, Cecil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As bad of a film as it is, I think that qualifies as, as a disaster flick and a disaster of a movie, but whatever. I guess. Uh, I guess Maximum Overdrive is even sort of almost like a Y2K thing before Y2K even became a scare, because it's it's. But it's also a Haley's Comet movie too. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the little text crawl at the end. But, uh, yeah, it's it's like technology uh, turning against people, which is kind of what the whole Y2K thing was. It's like that we, we were going to lose control of everything. Everything was going to shut off. Planes were going to fall out of the sky. So I, I, I guess it's kind of like, like a technology scare disaster film. Um, it's a disaster of a film, but it's a disaster film. Ah, you're both nuts. Next one is wonderful. I, I like I, the first 20 minutes of it, and then the rest of it, eh. Marla Maples being killed by watermelons. Oh, right, yeah. You the, remember the, she was in the car. The truck, the truck gets, yeah, lifts up, and yeah. all the watermelons come out. But the chaos in that in the beginning is so freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I, I've always... And then the characters start speaking. Uh, yeah. This machine called me an asshole. That it is a great movie, and you're both nuts. Well, w- ACDC is great. Stephen King is great. Maximum Overdrive is a pile of shit. Have you ever seen Trucks? The, the... 1997 one? Yeah. That, you think if, that's look, worse, way if worse. If you don't like Maximum Overdrive, hold on to your hat. <laughs> <laughs> if you think that's bad, watch Trucks. Oh, boy. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it was a, well, Trucks t- was... It was a TV movie, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was a TV movie or not. Trucks, well, Trucks was the I saw original it on cable. I saw it on cable with commercials, but I might not have seen it when it first came out. Mm. Yeah, I saw it on on VHS, and because it was Trucks was the the name of the short story that Maximum Overdrive was based on, and mm. so they kind of were like, well, we're gonna we're gonna base the 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 this new movie more on the book, and they had a, I think about a dollar fifty budget. Oh wow, <laughs> Duel had a bigger budget. There, I said it. Yeah, but Duel, <laughs> Duel's a good movie, though. No, it is not. Oh, my God. You and I have God. thought about that endlessly. It is not have a good we? movie. What about an entire franchise that, while it may not be traditional disaster movie, I consider the Final Destination films to be a, a disaster movie franchise. I mean, hell, it's all it's all set up based on a plane exploding. I think the Final Destination movies, even though they get worse and worse as they go along, are disaster films. And I think oh, yeah. the first one's a damn good one, too. The first Final Destination is an awesome movie. It scared the crap out of me the first time I saw it. Um, it, it is, like, because the way that people are dying is, you know, it's it's the Grim Reaper is the technical real killer here. But the way people are dying is through things, you know, accidents, uh, things exploding, plane crashes. And it, it's done really well. It's done in a way that it makes you kind of believe that, you know, that could happen. Like like when the plane explodes in midair and it's not just the plane blowing up, like it sends the shock wave and it, you know, shatters the glass in the airport and everything. Like, like it's it's done extremely well. Like when you're watching it, you go, yeah, the, if, if that happened, it would probably be a lot like that. And then the sequels weren't weren't so great, but it's a concept that, works pretty well and i think the first one will always be timeless to me kind of i don't i i would say they're on like the the way outside of disaster film because they are kind of 
it, it's interesting because the Grim Reaper is the villain in them, and he's, he's making disasters. He's causing disasters, and a lot of them are. I mean, they always open with some major disaster. You know, the first one was the plane crash. Uh, the second one was that amazing uh, car crash. Uh, mm-hmm. So on through. The third one was. I don't remember. I remember because the fourth one was the NASCAR thing, and then the fifth one was the bridge. But I don't remember what the. Oh, the third one was the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was at the carnival. That's right. Yeah, I think all the all the set pieces of them, like like the the stories of them, kind of fluctuated as far as quality. But uh, I always thought the the deaths were always really creative, and those yeah. opening set pieces of the disaster happening was mm-hmm. always really well done. I think the only one that I thought was kind of eh was four. But uh, I the think the final destination, the final destination. Yeah. But is that I think the NASCAR that, one. Yeah, yeah, that was the NASCAR one. Four was the only one that I kind of was indifferent on. But I think that five and they did a good job of kind of tying the whole. I don't want to spoil it, but the, it really, really is a kick. Like they all kind of have cool endings. This one was like, oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, I five they, wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad Four, uh, I don't know. That, that one that one felt it just felt like it went nowhere. What about the disaster movies that really the disaster is only the reason everything is happening, but the movie is about the people like way at the beginning of this show, Cecil, you brought up like the Poseidon adventure. Yes, all these people are trying to survive, but they're screwing you, they're screwing each other over to do it. Like I, I brought up No Blade of Grass, and you got Towering Inferno where people are throwing each other to, to the fire, and then you know you've got the Swarm where people are sacrificing one another. The disaster is only the precipitation to what 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 humans do to one another. One that I can think of more than any other, a 70s, I think it was a TV movie called Blackout. All the power goes out at the same time a prison transport was carrying some prisoners, they end up getting into a wreck, so the entire city is more terrified of what these prisoners might do, and they start killing one another. Or what I think is, and this is a disaster movie, a movie that's not very good, but is just an amazing premise. I want this movie remade because the first movie was not good, and that's the trigger effect. The trigger effect is a god-awfully boring and preachy movie. (laughs) <laughs> but it's a fantastic idea. What about something like that where the disaster is only why people start to go crazy? Well, I mean, the the trigger effect in a way is kind of like it, it's kind of like the other movies we said before where uh, the, um, like No Blade of Grass and stuff. There's something that happens that causes everybody to kind of turn on each other. So it's not particularly, a you know, a regular disaster. I mean, the, in trigger effect, you know, the power goes out and then it was, you know, how, you know, how, what, a week or so before everybody just completely loses their mind and uh, starts killing and raping each other. And uh, it was the, it was an, it was a very interesting concept about but the... But that movie just did not work, did it? I mean, as um, a movie, I thought the script needed a lot more tuning. I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I didn't, I thought that it definitely could have been better. Concept was better than the final product. Like you went in really expecting uh, something and they kind of fell into a lot of trappings of just, okay, here's, you know, here's this cliche and here's this cliche and they really could have done a lot more with it. But um, it, I, I still think it's worth watching for the concept alone, but it does also feel like it escalates too quickly. It's like, oh, we don't have any power. Oh, I'm now like shooting, you know, everybody and stealing their stuff. And it, it's just it, it 
it went from like zero to 60, like overnight instead of like gradually. And that's also kind of why it didn't feel as, as, uh, you know, tense as it could have if it built up to it. Well, what about something like Day of the Triffids? I'm talking the, the original. I haven't seen all of the miniseries from a few years ago. But like the original, yes, the, the killer plants kill a bunch of people. But the people, as they go blind from the meteor shower, kill more people than anything else in that. that I think Day of the Triffids would qualify in that same way. I haven't seen either of those movies, really. I'm actually having kind of a hard time trying to think of a, of a film that I can relate to for this particular subgenre with the disaster movies and the one that um the one that i'm thinking of now is 12 monkeys is the only one i can think of that it's kind of like that where you know the there's the virus outbreak that's uh that's going to happen and they're trying to stop it you have everybody's kind of fighting against uh, the characters that are attempting to stop this from happening so it's it's this like chaotic thing where it's uh the, the main character's don't want to let this horrible thing happen, but they're the only people who know, I guess. And that's really the only one I can think of. I don't think I've seen that many movies with that um, particular premise, at least that are natural disaster based. Well, then let's shift this to a more philosophical angle then. Why do we like disaster films in general? Why does the audience? Because these things tend to go in phases. I think that these things do feed off of the, the time periods that they come from. I know obviously there were disaster films in the 50s and the 60s, but you got such a rush of them in the 1970s. You In real life, you had the gas crisis. You had Nam was starting to wind down, and you had the issues with that. You had the fear of nuclear power. You had the fear of reintegrating society from the hippie movement into what would become the yuppie movement. That is the reason that 70s disaster movies were everywhere. Do you think that was just speaking to do you think that was just speaking to what was going on at the time? Maybe. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of movies, uh, um, particularly disaster films and movies where a lot of really horrible things happen, tend to reflect the period in some way. I sort of see disaster movies almost in a way as like um, just glorified instructional videos like you're seeing all this all these buildings collapsing and earthquakes and tornadoes and volcanoes. Um, it's almost like maybe people people go see them to kind of go, okay, well, now I've seen, you know, this, this building on fire or this volcano erupting or this tornado wiping through towns. I'll know, maybe I'll have sort of a, a better idea of what to do if this happens. I mean, it's probably not a, not a smart idea to take your cues from a movie but i can i can see that sort of making sense as far as uh audiences go like they're they're gonna go see a movie twister like okay well now i know how to get away from a tornado or something like that because that leather belt you bought from kmart for 12 dollars will you know, totally save you from the twister rolls up. only if you're bill paxton and helen hunt uh no one else i think it's um it, it's not so much speaking to things in culture people just like to see stuff get destroyed they uh it, it it falls into like you know horror movies people like to be scared and with disaster movies there's always the spectacle you know people want to see you know stuff catch on fire buildings destroyed planes crashing it's just something that probably goes all the way back to like our caveman roots where it's just you know club stuff happens you know funny <laughs> you know smashy yes 
you know, like that kind of stuff. So I, I really think it just kind of goes to like a primal thing. It's it's stuff that we're afraid of and we don't ever want to actually be in it, but we would like watching it. It's kind of like, you know, people are, are attracted to that. People want to see disasters. We don't want to be in them, but we want to see them. Do you think that is, and I, I'm, I, this is not the right word, but it's the, I think it's the word I need to use, almost a pornographic way, that same way people kind of get off on watching other people have sex, they get off on watching national landmarks blow up. Something that if it happened in reality, they would be horrified. But if it happened in a movie, uh, it's not so, you know, hey, I got to see the Chrysler building crush a bunch of taxi cabs in Armageddon because it's cool. Do you think it's kind of destruction porn? Uh, I, but I hate the anything porn label, except yeah. for porn. Like, like, porn. <laughs> but like, I, I, no, and I just, I, I agree with you in general on that. But I think in a case like this, there is the same kind of cathartic release that you get when you're watching a porno that you also if, get when you watch a whole bunch of people die. If you're, if you're watching the Chrysler building fall down in a movie and you're jerking off, then yes. It's I don't mean a porn. sexual release, but <laughs> but it's the same. But I mean, but but whenever you do the the porn thing, like to me, that's the connotation that goes along with it. It's you know uh, because they're they're saying that you know this is titillating, so uh, you know gore porn, uh, you know disaster porn. They kind of throw that in there, and it's like no, I just I like seeing horror movies, or I like seeing you know something that has like a shock value in it. I'm not titillated by it, so you know mm. it shouldn't have the the porn tag to go along with it I mean that's just my personal pet peeve yeah I mean there there is the term destruction porn and there are critics who use it and and people who use it to describe certain movies and torture Definitely porn and destruction porn yeah I I would never use that term to describe because I, I don't I find it condescending like a lot of people who will call something a, a something porn film are usually doing it to undermine the audience to go like, oh, these are just people, you know, getting off to slashers, killing big breasted women or buildings getting destroyed and, and stuff like that. So uh yeah, I'm 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 with Cecil on that one where I, I don't like the idea of because the only reason that you should call something destruction porn is you, you're watching it to get off. And if you're watching shit get blown up and, and people dying to get off. Um, seek therapy. That's all I've got to say about that. But then the, the reason that I brought up the whole that it, it's kind of speaking to its time thing is, like I said, these things went in waves. You had the early 70s through the late 70s, and then and then you the, the, the disaster movies kind of fell off for a while in the 80s. I mean, yeah, you had a couple like Meteor and whatnot lingering in the early 80s, but you, you didn't have the same number that you had in the 70s. And then the 90s were all right, and then it seemed like right around Columbine, all of a sudden you had TV movies constantly. This was pr most likely due to the Y2K fear. I can't even count how many volcano movies and earthquake movies and, a and asteroid movies were released from about 1997 through 2003. There were mm -hmm. probably 20 or 30. You know, up until 9-11 happened, th there was kind of a catharsis there, too, where it was speaking to gas is going up in price. There, there, is an, there is an uncertainty in politics. Things are very in an upheaval. You had Columbine happening that... I think these things do speak to the times that they were created in a socio-political kind of way. 
or mm. I'm really overanalyzing Devlin and Emmerich blowing up the White House. Well, that's it's uh, an Emmerich film. That's kind of just what they do. They want to blow stuff up. But there there might be a reason why there were more uh, destruction, disaster based. I, I, I'm assuming there were probably more in the 60s and 70s because there was like newfound threats of of earthquakes. Well, I mean, I'm sure something uh, like something big happened to to get the these movies to be in the spot that they're in and uh there was a demand for them because as you were saying it's it's a reflection it's whatever's happening then they they make a movie about it and then with Columbine and 911 then they and Y2K they have more reason to to put out more movies like that because people will go see them because it's it's relating to what's currently happening just don't <laughs> talk about Emmerich just to talk about other movies like I don't really see anything philosophical about an Emmerich film, you know, day after tomorrow and independence day, they're just, things are going to blow up. And that's that there's, there's nothing really to it. They're big explodey movies that uh, are popcorn films. People go to Mm -hmm. see them and they're expecting a spectacle. And that's, that's really kind of it. Why do you think with that said that people go into these things, always needing more and more and more instead of, I can't believe people actually criticize Devlin and Emmerich movies, not for the wanton destruction of every landmark they can come across. Nobody seems to criticize those films, and and I'm just using those as an example. Most disaster movies are like this, for basically having the same stock characters in every film, the same (laughs) stock dialogue, the same stock situations. Nobody tries to seem to do anything different with these things. And even when Mm -hmm. they do, then you find out, it's been done before. Like, everyone, like, oh, my God, Snakes on a Plane is so original, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you haven't seen the 1972 movie Fur de Lance with Snakes on a Submarine. It's the same <laughs> movie. They just changed the vehicle. Is, is no. there, my, my question is, is there a reason disaster movies are really repetitive, that they, they really don't, to tr- they don't try to do anything different? Is it that the audience... They know the audience wants the same thing over and over again, or it's just a limited genre. Couldn't you say that about any genre, really? I mean, what's the slasher genre? You're you're taking a, a big knife killer and you're putting him in a situation where he's going to kill pretty young people, like either in a campground or in town or wherever. Uh, or, you know, action film. Okay, well, Stallone did Rambo. Uh, we're going to put him in something else. Now he's going to be in Cobra. He's going to be fighting a, a biker gang of action. Charles Bronson it's... plays the same character in every damn movie he's ever done. Yeah, he does. He's always Paul Kersey. It's just you're putting him in a different situation. And it's um, it's formulaic, which isn't a bad thing. You're just, you're, it's, uh, it's a formula for a reason. It's something that, that works and can keep working. Disaster films have a way of working and doing good at, you know, um, working well at, at what it is. And what it is, is you take a, you take a scenario, you take a, a situation, a location, you have an earthquake happen, or you have a tornado hit something. You have similar characters. You have a, a similar, uh, event that's going on. You just put it. It's, it's always else. an event. They, they, there's always a festival or a gathering yeah. or a concert. There's always an event. These, you know, natural disasters are very well-timed. They, they never <laughs> come when you're, un, when you're completely unprepared. And there's always the one scientist who saw it coming, but that nobody believed, and then they all run to after the fact. That's the kind of yeah. cliche bullshit I'm sick of. 
I'm trying to add something to disaster movies, which isn't there, which is so mm. me. It, it is it it is a shame because I'm sure there are a lot of disaster movies or just movies in general where they're like, okay, uh, you know, we have this really great idea for a film. It's going to be about uh, you know an earthquake. Uh, in the middle of a city during the Super Bowl, and it's like, okay, great. Now what we get, what we need is we need the uh, sassy black lady. Uh, we need the scared uh, like nerd. We need the computer hacker. Like it's like they go down this laundry list of characters, and they're like, good, write that movie, you know. And we get it like time after time. They they kind of need to. I mean. There are stock characters are there for a reason because, you know, these kind of people do exist. But movies need to stop falling back on the crutch of, all right, you know, here's a slasher movie. All right, well, here's the set of characters you have. You have the jock, you have the slut, you have the, you know, here's a disaster movie. Okay, here's your cast of characters. And they kind of need to make like actual people as opposed mm -hmm. to like caricatures. Because there are a lot where you have people that are like perfect for the situation, like, there just so happens to be a doctor. There just so happens to be a scientist. Stallone Somebody just happened to be underground during daylight. I, I, I think disaster movies, I think they do give that cathartic release. At the same time, they also, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, they kind of educate people, too, if they're done right. For instance, mm -hmm. after Contagion came out, the Steven Soderbergh movie, they said awareness of diseases, viruses, and just general hand washing and san sanitization techniques went up 700% after that movie. That people hmm. were, before seeing that, I don't have to wash my hands after using the bathroom. After seeing Contagion, they're like, I'm washing them twice. That in <laughs> a way, it scared people to be better people. Yeah. I, I, most disaster movies don't do that, but every now and then you're going to get one that does, and I think that's the good one. Also, Contagion mm -hmm. was a damn good movie. I, yeah. I I saw that in the theater. I liked it a lot, but yeah, Contagion. I was sh shocked at how good that was. Like I did not. Ex I knew nothing about the movie, and I got it from Netflix. And I was I'm like, this movie. I, I is saw that one in the theater. Awesome. My wife and I went and saw that one in the theater. Yeah, that was a damn good film. Definitely. I mean, one of the best like viral outbreak movies because it was the way that they handled it was just so freaking good. Uh, disaster movies. Uh, I, I like them. I enjoy them. I enjoy the spectacle of them. Uh, I just think that they kind of need to gravitate away from using so many stock characters. And uh, I actually I think um, Dante's Peak is one where they followed the jaws pattern of you know here's an event here is something happening nobody's listening to the scientist that's telling everybody and then all hell breaks loose and then you know this you know he's fending for himself and then so, grandma willingly jumps into a puddle of acid when she doesn't <laughs> need to because we needed to get rid of her character <laughs> yeah granny old granny like had like two feet to go and she sacrifices herself like an idiot and then poor james bond has to carry her dying ass around for an hour he's like if you would have just waited we were almost there you dumbass but yeah. um they I, I think that that one despite having the the stock story I, I think that the characters in that were actually pretty interesting because uh yeah. they were they weren't you know the the typical all right well here's the i mean aside from the scientist but you needed him as the the person who was going to recognize that uh you know hell was breaking loose mm -hmm. and um but um, James Bond was much better than Anne Heche. 
Although, but but Tommy Lee Jones was was good in. Uh, I liked Volcano. No, I Tommy Vol- Lee Jones was not good in that. Don Cheadle was good in that. Well, Don Cheadle's <laughs> good in everything. I've seen some terrible movies, and Don Cheadle was was just great in them. No, I like Volcano. I think it's yeah, it's, Volcano's cool. That's that's a that's an awesome movie. I'm melting, and I can the, still have the strength to throw you and talk even when my lungs are gone because the, science. Oh my God! Shut up. I don't even. Oh, I was gonna say the coast is toast. Come on, volcano's fun. It's it's a little bit of a slow start, but uh, but once uh, once it hits the fan, uh, it really takes off, and uh, mm. it's uh, it's good. I'm surprised I haven't done that one yet, actually. I, I like I like disaster movies, and uh, there is a nice variety of them, and there is no shortage of them because every year there's always some new disaster that they can try to throw into the mix, and uh, mm. you know have the Emmerichs. <laughs> have Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich blow up stuff. Disaster movies are, I don't watch, it's not a genre I watch a lot of. Like, there are films I enjoy, and, and there are a lot of ones where they have stock characters and stock plots, And but I sort of see that as really, every genre has that. You, sometimes you just have to sift through a bunch of shit to finally get to to a good movie and there are some great disaster films there's uh you know the gray is awesome the dante's peak uh you know towering inferno there are some really cool ones that you can that you can see and there's a lot of ones that seem entirely pointless because they just rehash characters but i mean there's a lot of as big of a fan of uh, the slasher genre as i am like there's a lot of random ones that i've watched where i just feel like I've wasted two hours because it's just it's just a bunch of rehashed bullshit. Not a genre I watch too much of, but I like disaster movies. I like it when they when they deviate from the stereotypes. I, I love it what what movies like The Grey and and what movies like uh even Alive uh do. And honestly, Twister, though very lame in many points in the film, that's that's a really fun movie too. So I disagree with that. When a movie script is 17 pages long for a 90-minute movie, you're not doing something right. Oh, but I don't know. Bill Paxton chasing tornadoes is fun. I, I feel like it is anyway. I think disaster movies, I think they serve their place. But at the same time, I think just like any genre, they get overdone. You know, mm-hmm. there, are, there are too many slasher movies that come out, too many disaster movies, too many sci-fi movies, too many invasion movies. And I think finding the good ones is so difficult because people seem to like the bad ones even more. Mm. And I think that's part of the problem with disaster movies. And I think they need to get away from the stock characters. I know it might take a few extra minutes to actually make a character unique, but stop going with stock characters. And the worst thing is coincidences. Stop with ridiculous coincidences that save the day. Cecil Trachtenberg is a complete disaster of a, of a video reviewer. Where would people find him? Uh, you can find me over on where can you find me? You can find me on goodbadflix.com <laughs> as well as geekjuicemedia.com. Where can we, we find Peter Checkmate? <laughs> Nobody's going to get that because it's just my little Skype picture. But uh, you can, if you can, uh, if you can get through all the all the rubble after the earthquake and the Sharknadoes and the volcano, the Tommy Lee Jones volcanoes, you you might be able to find me on Twitter at Zinematica on Facebook, The Cinemasochist, and on YouTube, The Cinemasochist. 
And you can go to 1201beyond.com, which is a disaster of a website. No offense, Cassandra. <laughs> and you can go buy you can go buy T-shirts and whatnot. Listen to all the other shows. And you can go to you can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And remember, get something to stick up your butt. AdamandEve.com promo code Drome. Have a good night, guys. Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.